Thank you so much for joining us on The Quinn Show. Dating sex fun. One of my missions, lube on every nightstand. I loved Hugh Hefner. I put my boobs on his grave. <laughs> I approach dating like I am the owner of a business and I'm interviewing from a CEO of my company. First dates that last for two days, it always fucks it up. Oh. Mental health and sex are very much so aligned. I was doing talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell me more. <laughs> Girl, what? questions. questions. <laughs> Devin, Dev, <laughs> you're such chaos. <laughs> Welcome to The Quinn Show. You're on vacation, you're in Mexico, and your boss asks you to do her lame dating podcast. What you do? <laughs> and I'm like, I respond. I love that I respond at 1 a.m. And no one's like, hey, why is Devin texting her like interest at 1 a.m.? I was literally like, I got back from like the most disgusting bar here in Mexico. And I was like, sure, I'll jump on the podcast. Like that... It's just unbearable decision-making from your team. <laughs> and now you're going to have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> Certainly. I was, my sister was like, are you going to talk? Because she knows. Like, my thing is, like, I can talk about other people's sex life, mm -hmm. but I can't say, like, anything. Like, I have a Connecticut, Fairfield County, inability <laughs> to say, like, inappropriate words. And I also can't talk about my own sex life. And so she was like, I cannot wait to see how this goes. I'm like, let's give it a whirl. Should we should we establish a safe word for you for if it gets too too intense? <laughs> I think you should like say like a safe word for if the conversation gets past oh, your yeah. boundaries. <laughs> what do you what would a safe word for us be? I think your safe word should be um uh, uh social media yeah. manager. <laughs> I just spit. No. I love how it's so long. It it's should like be it should be content. Content, content, content. I feel like we're gonna say content enough. It's fine. I'll honestly just be like, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> It'll be fine and we can just cut that out. Okay, well basically we did a story asking people to write in for advice, I guess feedback, anything they really wanted us to talk about on the Quinn show. I think a lot of people forget that the Quinn show is in fact related to our product, which is an app called Quinn, which is audio porn for women. So making that, I just want to make that connection logically for everyone right now. We represent a product and a brand and a real and a thing you can use. <laughs> we represent something physical in the world. I actually, you know, I think I think the one thing probably like this podcast certainly we need to like bring it around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so just randomly throughout your next interview, you're gonna be like, anyway, audio porn. So questions, comments. But, but that's why you're here. We're trying to close the loop for people. So yeah, so I run Quinn, which is this audio porn app. Devin manages a lot of our social and she does everything social for us basically and and gives a lot of marketing insights and does a lot of stuff and so I wanted to bring her on the pod because it would it would logically I want you guys to see it <laughs> I want I want the, the bells to go off okay so oh by the way look at my background it's vagina Rick from Rick and Morty you're unbearable ah! <laughs> that my my social media background I'm constantly made fun of for this by the way is actually me <laughs> it's like me <laughs> which in retrospect is a weird thing that I did one time it's like made myself my background like I actively made the choice to make myself my background I think at the time I was trying to be like empowered but it's mostly weird 
Well, that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> in our first episode, Julia Rose came on and she was like, the biggest life hack is masturbating to photos of yourself, which is kind I of fucking crazy. On. I get turned on taking naked photos of myself. So I feel like that makes sense. Like I'm with that vibe. So that was one of the questions we got was someone said, um, I want to send my long distance boyfriend nudes, but every time I take them, I hate the way I look. Help. Ooh. Well, <laughs> that's a, a, I feel like, I feel like with everything nudes is sort of like a practice makes perfect. Like when I was taking nudes on like a flip phone, phone, like whatever, like a chocolate, like what did I have? The LG chocolate, like when I'm, and this just that's shows a how much deep older fucking cut. Cut. But when I was taking, when I was taking like, and I think I was wearing like an Abercrombie camisole, which is heinous, but I would like take these photos and I'd be like, I hated every, I think there's like a point where you start sort of like when you first start taking nudes where like, A, you can't take yourself seriously. You don't feel cute in anything. And like, if you do, then like you're blessed. But I think most people probably feel uncomfortable. I really think like it's sort of practice makes perfect. And honestly, like there would be times where I'd be like, I don't know. Or like, but I feel number one, I think it's important to be turned on when you take nudes because, and like to feel good. So like you feel you're like, because I think like with anything, like when you're turned on, your inhibitions are lower. And I think you feel better about sending those things. Like the same way with post nut clarity, you do something like sexual. And then after you're like, that's horrifying. Like if you're a little bit turned on when you take nudes, you, I genuinely think a, you feel better about yourself and B this might be like toxic, but I think like the validation from your ex, like no man has been sent a naked photo of the person he's dating. Then like, she doesn't look great here. Like not really. Like it's hard to send a guy photos of your boobs and him to be like, I don't love what you just sent me. I have a few critiques. Like you don't have critiques. Like he's not thinking that. So I just right. think like, it's like, you're too in your own head. Like I promise, like you probably look thinking amazing. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like, and even if like, you don't like, you're probably just not used to seeing yourself in that lens and that's fine, but he is, you know? Yeah. Well, what is your op opinion on like a, a pussy shot, like a full, like the puss, because that is something I think a lot of women are uncomfortable with, but it is like probably the ideal for the man. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually, I've, I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard that like, and not feedback of my own, but I think like when I talk to my guy friends, there's like this dichotomy of like men who are like, I'm into that. And then some men who are like, that feels pretty medical to me. I think like, it's sort of, I think, I think the same way that like sex escalates, so do nudes. Like, I feel like to, to rip a like, <laughs> to rip like to full rip a full frontal is a gnarly choice out of the game but I think like down the line it feels maybe appropriate I will I, yeah. say that how like how, and also it's like how long has it been since you guys have fucked if it's been a really long time and you two are fiending rip rip a pussy shot but like if it's if you're gonna see him later that night you do not need to do that I also yeah no certainly not like if you're headed to dinner spare the shot but I will say two things one I think like I think that like as you are like facetiming or dirty talking like the more down the road you get like the more turned on everyone is I do think those things are more okay because just like anything else like you sometimes need like more as you go. 
But I also think that like a, this is going to sound so gynecological, but like a sterile head-on shot of your zone because I can't say anything oh my god um is is I think I think it's a little much but I will say and this is so like literally someone forgive me but I think if you put things in there it's different not like weird shit don't put like a highlighter in there what about what about the good old fingers like fingers like fingers if you're playing with it if it's a video that feels more okay like just an image like a jpeg is like a weird choice <laughs> but i think like a like a 10 second like like you're you are doing things like that feels okay i'm imagining like a portrait mode <laughs> like yeah like, like the background is like like blurred out and there's just an hd like it's like get closer to the object because <laughs> it has no idea what you're doing and it's like this is not what that was meant for do not portrait mode it's just too gynecal it's too medical i think right. if you just take a head-on shot but i will say know your audience like like you should like let i think there are some guys who like that type of shit who like like they just want Certainly. pussy. They love vagina. But there are also guys who, like, are much more about the full body. Like, they want to set this scene. Like, you're saying they want maybe a boomerang vibe. They want maybe a little bit of, like, motion I don't think, picture. I'm going to be honest, I don't think any man wants a boomerang. No one's like, hey, send that back and forth. I do think, I do think, though, that men will ask. Like, I think we underestimate them. Like, in a sex sense, in a, in a nude sense, like, when you're sexting, I find that like a hundred percent of men will ask for what they want. And if they want more, they ask for it. Like the You're same thing that they would right. Like if, what? You're a hundred percent right. It's like they're, and they're not lying. Like, listen to them. They're probably are telling you exactly what no, they like, want. Like, for some, like I actually find it to be a huge turnoff when men beg me for like a specific type of content. Like, I'm like, that feels weird. I'm like, I am the artist. Let me do my thing. But I'm like, but I'm like, okay. I, but they, like, I just find that like no men are shy about being like, this is what I want to see now. And so it's like, I like, I think like to start off, I would do something a little bit more mellow, but they certainly will tell you if they require more. Totally. I think that's a great, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, I actually, sorry, I just spaced out, but I'm back. I, I realized that I actually feel the same way that like, I don't really like when men tell me what they want out of a nude. I'm like, you need to really slow your fucking roll. Like, I I got this. <laughs> and, like, this is where I feel like I'm a little bit toxic, but I find it, like, and this is, like, because this goes against the way that I think about communicating in relationships. But when men are, like, I just want to see this, I'm, like, ew. Like, you are, like, doing too much. Like, I find it very, like, the, the term simpy comes to mind, but I don't actually think that because I don't, like, feel that way about men, really. But mm-hmm. I feel like, when you're begging me or like coaching me through like a certain thing, unless I've like asked, unless we're like in person, like that's hotter. Mm -hmm. But if you send me a text, like it feels like it's just like, "Mm," I'm like, not like, oh, was I not doing enough? But it just feels like a little bit like, like, I don't know. That motion is how I feel. Yeah. It's just too much. Like, (laughs) like I would say that there was someone I was talking to, I thought was like relatively attractive. And once they went down that route, I was like, like something about it just wasn't hot anymore. I know I've been, so I've been talking to this guy and we, he lives in New York. I live in LA. And so there's, it's nothing's ever going to happen, but we have been, it's been very like sex 
sex oriented. And, and But my favorite thing about him is that he never asks for anything. And so obviously I give every everything. <laughs> and I'm like so excited. But he never asked. I'm certainly guaranteed to give him all I've got. Literally, I'm yeah. like, and he and he's like, no, no, it's fine. Like, I just, it's hot to me that you're comfortable and like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, let's go, baby. Because it's so hot when like, they're not, they don't want that one I think one restraint, thing. From, restraint from men is hot. And like, with everything with me, like, if you show like something that borderlines on disinterest, I'm immediately interested. <laughs> so I feel like the lack of ask is almost like, I'm like, what more can I do here? Like, I'm going to pull out all the stops. Totally. Well, I actually wanted to get into that. Um, the idea of like disinterest triggering interest and and the idea that like people want what they can't have and that whole toxic cycle in dating and sex. Um, I wrote, uh, yeah, I just wrote down how to not catch feelings because that was like a theme in the questions. Um, what do you think about that? And And I think, and I was talking to you about this earlier, there's like a big some people mean to do it. Like some people mean to be distant so that you like them more. And then other people, right, maybe are just like authentically not into you and that makes you want them more. How do you like navigate all that in dating and sex? Um. Okay. I would say that I'm, I'm relatively, this is like the one thing in my life, like work-wise, like fitness, like everything else. I feel like I'm very much like I'm forward. I'm like, I match the energy of whatever's around me. Like dating is the one thing where like when I feel rejected I am more interested um um and like I don't even know I I don't I'm not even quite positive as to why that is because I it's not really like I have incredibly low self-esteem and it's not like I feel the need to be validated by men to feel validated in other places I think that the more that I become my whole true self and the more that I present my whole true self in dating the, and relationships and sex and all that, the more that like that rejection or that like not interest feels so much bigger because I'm like, I didn't even invent it. This is just who I am. So then it hurts. Like I'm like before I'm like, oh, I wasn't even that personality I created for him. So if he didn't like it, that's fine. That's not even me. But like now it's like painful. And I think that like, and I'm still very much dealing with it. Like this is like the most, the most recent relationship I would have. I would say this is probably like the thing that has been the hardest has been like feeling like I'm not enough when I'm coming to the table as my whole self. Um, but that feels more not about sex and dating. That feels more about like, yeah. like just, just honestly, just the idea that like, you're not going to be for everyone, but I grew up being like, if you are nice and you are kind and you are all of these things, then people should like you. And so like, and I'm competitive. So I'm like, I don't lose often, but I feel like in this area, it feels like a loss. So like, I, I would say that I quite honestly don't even know if I have crazy advice for that. My thing would be just like, like, I think to stand up for yourself sooner, whether it's sex or dating, like you can feel when people are pulling away from you. And the more that you stay involved, the more that you like become a part of this game. And I think that like, not like you should be guarded or like drop people the minute you feel a disconnect but I do think there is something to be said for being like 
this is noticeably changed. I'm not a crazy person. And quite honestly, I think women stop themselves from having this conversation because they feel like it's too much. Yeah. But I'm like, it's not too much. Like women know when men have changed or women or whoever they're dating, people know when there's like a, a energy shift. And I think like, it's okay to be like, this is fine. I noticed this is what it is. If you don't know why it's happening, that's one thing and that's okay. But I think like, even the people who have changed the, like, like changed their level of effort and they didn't know why, I still think they knew something had changed. So it's like, it, like, I just think we shy away from the conversation because we don't want to appear crazy because we're told that like having that conversation too early is crazy. But I think it's sort of like protecting your wholeness. I don't know. If that makes sense. I don't know if that even answered the question, but. No, to- I, that totally did. And I really liked that thing about accepting that some people won't like you because I think for so many women that just feels antithetical to their entire existence and like really shakes them at their core. And I think like that is also just a really hard reality of dating and love is that even if you marry someone, even if they literally commit to you for the rest of your lives, they could still not like wake up one day and decide it's over. What I'm saying is basically like you're in this life alone in a lot of in like in that sounded really dark, but you know what I mean? And like you you cannot put your eggs entirely in any basket. And that's a really hard thing to come to terms with. No. And I think like becoming whole and feeling whole is like literally the hardest thing, but it's like there was like a part in girls got to eat podcast or something where they say like they wish that they were the person they were single with the person they were dating because I feel the same way like if I was the person I was now when I was like in a partnership it's a wildly different person because like I'm so autonomous and like because I love so hard yeah because I love so hard I end up being like a little bit more codependent and I'm not that way it just becomes like I think, I think it's the right way to be a partner is to like dial back that sense of autonomy um, because radical autonomy seems outrageous when you're in a partnership. But I do find that I like when I'm a single person, I'm a much more fun person to date, like, which is just like so messed up, but it is the whole, like every thing that they say is more or less true. Like the whole, like, it's not you. Like when people break up with you, it's not about you. It's about them, but it is about them. Like everyone's in their own, everyone's their own person navigating life their own way. And like, you happen to run into this person. There isn't anything that makes them yours other than the fact that they choose you. And if they stop choosing you, literally, then that is like pointless. Like then like, then like, why would you date someone? Because like, so I think like being a whole person and choosing someone else is a really hard thing to wrap your head around because it makes dating seem way more active than I think we want to, we want to think like we were wrapped up into this like romantic thing and fate brought us together, but reality, it's all about choices and those choices can change. Yeah. But then you better have someone you date that you can communicate with throughout those like changing moments. Yeah. And I think you have to go into any relationship with that like weighing those things, like is the joy and the, you know, comfort or like amazingness that this relationship brings me, is it worth like the potential pain that, you know, kind of inevitably comes with any 
partnership or any attempt to like make it work with someone. It's really hard. And yeah. And right. And the knowledge that like they're choosing you, but you're also choosing them. Like Mm. I find that in relationships, a lot of times I'm like, I'm so lucky. Like my last relationship, I was like, I'm so lucky that he chooses me. And I was like, but I also chose him. Like I could have done anything else. And I was like, so now the imbalance is that I still want to choose him. And he doesn't know if he wants to choose me. And that's a really hard moment. But I think like when you take it back on yourself and you're like, but I can choose that his lack of like knowing whether or not he wants to make me his choice is not good enough for me. And like, I just think we, we, because we think that sometimes relationships are fate and beyond our control and all these things, we let them go like dating and sex. Like we let these moments like sweep us up. And realistically, I think as hard as it is, sometimes you have to almost take like a more sterile, more third party step back. Yeah. It's, and it's crazy. Like the language, even that we use about love and relationships in our society, like the idea, like falling in love, you know, whereas like, like we're talking about, it's such a choice at the end of the day. And I think it's a misnomer because like, I've talked about this on the pod before I get into relationships and I love the honeymoon phase and I'm so deep. And then I wake up one morning and I'm like, wow, like I didn't, I don't feel like I chose this. And all of a sudden it's like, I realized that agency that was there the whole time, but I didn't feel like I, like I had it or like, it just felt like it was happening to me. And it's like, no, like you need to make a clear choice to be with that person every day. And if there's a day when you don't want to make that decision, that's like bad. (laughs) And that's like the end and that's devastating. Right. Right. I think that women specifically, because especially because of like the whole fantasy part of our brain, we let life happen to us because there's all this language about like leaning in and like, like you said, like falling in love and all these things. And it's like, quite frankly, like, and I don't mean to sound like a serial killer, but like it, it is more in our brains than we think. Like, it's not like this whole, like, and I know that it's like a pretty used trope, but like the whole, like leading with your heart and like falling in love in a broken heart, like it really has nothing to do with that. It's, and I, I say this as someone who was hopelessly in love, like six months ago, like it's like, and, but I do think we, we forget that pretty much with like with anything like feelings feelings are not fact and sometimes you just have to look at the facts totally and I mean I've heard this like there's like uh the phrase love bombing is kind of in right now to describe people that like like in the first two dates are like I'm obsessed with you I love you I see this going places and like I get the point that that's not healthy because it sets you up for failure and it's like and that because it's just like you're what are the odds right that you this is the person you're gonna marry and like and also you're probably just freaking everyone out but then at the same time I'm like maybe it's okay to like have this romantic fairy tale honeymoon phase if you're okay with trading that for like the devastation that comes when it ends abruptly or when it ends in a few weeks or a month or whatever And even on like a small scale, but to that same, it's like why I don't like when men call me babe or baby in bed, like when we're like first night together, like brought you home from the bar. I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, I'm like that, like, which I think it's so funny because women don't do that to men, but men do do that to women. Like I talk to my girlfriends all the time and no one's calling the person they're taking home one night, babe. 
No. Like, they're not. <laughs> but, like, men, I don't think as much as they like to be like, oh, I, like, do, I, like, have one night stands. I'm, like, so removed from it. I'm, like, you're really not. Because, like, you still see this as, like, some moment we're having. Even if after you're, like, okay, I'm all sad. Like, I've never called a man babe in bed night one. Like, never. Because that's too, it's too much. But I do think, like, what you were saying, like, that sort of, like, like, and if you want to lean into that, if you like that, if you're in bed and that like fuels your fire and that gets you going, that's great. Like, I totally understand wanting to feel relationshipy in a bed scenario, but also it comes with the flip side of they might leave your bed in the morning or in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or in the next 10 minutes or like literally don't let the door hit you on the way out, like next minute. And like, and then it might just not be a thing. And then you're sitting in your head, like replaying all these moments you thought you had. And it's like, you look at the facts. You took them home from, you're not going to find the man you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with more often than not at 2 a.m. in some dark dive bar. Like, certainly not. So they can call you babe all they want, but you just need to have like the right mindset about that. Totally. And yeah, yeah I just think like, someone and oh this is what I was gonna say this is something that really changed things for me is that I've started just being like it's cringe when someone's like trying to be distant or like not available or like wishy-washy or like playing those games like instead of being like oh I'm so much better than that I've just started being like ew like are you five like I don't it's just gross like you know, and I think that actually changed things for me because for some reason, adding the cringe element made me like less interested. <laughs> I, I like that though, because I do think there's like, like, instead of being like, instead of being like indignant that you deserve right. better treatment, like, it's like, first of all, you don't deserve better treatment. Who are you yeah. to this person? I'm no, no, no one. Like, yeah. And that sounds <laughs> shitty because like everyone deserves like good treatment from the person they're sleeping with. However, you're like, not going to get it most of the time. People don't yeah. owe you anything, right? And so, like, just being, like, ew and knowing that that's beneath you, like, it is beneath me to date men who are not emotionally intelligent enough to communicate what they want. Like, and on the flip side, in singleness, like, when I go on dates, I'm pretty much like, hey, I'm emotionally unavailable, but I really like hanging out. I don't know where this is going to go. It might not go anywhere. Is that cool if we keep hanging out? Knowing that, like, this could be all that it is. And that was really weird at first because I was like, I feel like I sound like a freak. Also, because you say that and like, you always get your guys who are like, we're, we're just hanging out and asked to be your boyfriend. I'm like, yes, I know. But also like, realistically, like, I don't want to get to like hang five and you're like, I really am starting to like you. And then I'm like, okay, like (laughs) I gave you the parameters, like, right. And And so like, I feel like dating men who cannot have that conversation is like, and also working in the audio porn scope, you find out really quickly who's mature and who isn't. Yes. Like if I tell you what I do and you giggle, I'm out. I'm so out. Do not giggle. I I hate, ugh, I was talking about this on another episode. I was like, I ran into a guy I used to hook up with in high school and he was like, I never knew you were so freaky. And I was like, I literally could, I've never hated anyone more. Like, <laughs> also, also, we need to stop equating being open about sex with being like a total freak. Like, I know. I could like missionary 20 minutes eye contact and still be like, women deserve to come. And like, it's not, 
It's just like, oh, yeah, that's another thing is everyone assumes I'm a dominatrix. I'm like, I haven't had sex in six months. Like, what are you talking about? Like it's been some time. That's that was a, like, that was yeah, a full like, lie, but but it's been a while. <laughs> but I do think <laughs> you're like that's certainly. I also know that that's not true. But, like, <laughs> but but I will say like it's like weeding out emotionally intelligent men doesn't make you a bitch. It doesn't make you like not cool enough to play the game. It's just like you require that people can communicate their feelings, and it's not hot and it's not cute and it's not fun to like date someone who you're like constantly like living in anxiety because you don't know where you stand with someone I think is also like for me from like a sex standpoint I cannot feel comfortable with you if I'm worrying if you like me. yes it's not hot like it's just not hot um okay wait I have to ask you this one <laughs> Quote, my boyfriend wants me to peg him or my BF wants me to peg him. Tips? Tips? <laughs> content, content. <laughs> Have you ever pegged someone? Oh, wait, sorry. You're not going to talk about yourself. The thing is, here's the thing. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. I think that, um, I think that, sex is weird across the board. And I think that there's a lot of shame around pegging. I think there's a lot of shame around like pegging, like any, like any male related butt stuff, like anything of that nature. And I will say that I think that if you think about sex, it is weird across the board, like missionary eye contact, like not doing anything else for 20 minutes is so weird. I I mean, I love eye contact. (sighs) Yes, but just but just I got like just like like just like and I think there's like time where like I'm like and I just think that like people like and everyone's got their thing but like it's like if you like sucking on toes do not look at someone who likes pegging and be like that's weird like I just I just dated someone uh, well I was going on dates with someone and I feel like it's important distinction I was just going on dates with someone and he asked me if there was any lines I had in the bedroom. Like, he's like, where, where are your boundaries? I'm like, like, well, don't How ask long do you have? Yeah, Jesus. I'm like, don't <laughs> ask me that. Because then I'm like, I don't want to be like, I have none. Like, that sucks. Like, that sucks as an answer. Um, because I certainly have some. But I was like, but I also am like someone who, like, this is, my family's probably downstairs. Like, what the fuck? Um, but I would say that, like, and he was like, well, he was like, for me, I feel like, anal with girls feels really gay I'm like I was like okay well this is gonna be the last time we hang out and not because I love anal but because I think that mindset is so weird like it's like you think that's gay it's also like please wave your homophobia flag any higher like I'm like that just feels like such a like weird aversion to me and I also am like that's fine if you don't like that stuff like it's fine to have your boundaries like everyone's got boundaries everyone's got shit also, but there's I just like a way to say weird. that that's like not terrible. You know like, to I be mean? honest, I think that's kind of gay. I'm like, to be honest, I think that's a really weird take. I think like, <laughs> honestly, if you told other people that it is a weird take, like, what are you so afraid of? Right. And so like with, with pegging, I feel like it's not going to be everyone's thing, but I do feel like it's as close as guys get to being like submissive in the way that like women get to be relatively regularly. Yeah. And so like, I think that, I think that, a, 
I think that for women, one of the biggest learning curves there is like, like, and with like a lot of things that women do to men is there isn't a good comparison for the reverse. Like, like you, you don't know how it feels to do that to a guy. Like you don't have a prostate, you don't have like, so it's like anything you do, like one thing I think is difficult in that realm in that like weird dynamic is like men don't want to coach you through it because the whole point of them having that done to them is a level of of submission that like if they're stopping to tell you how to do it that is difficult for them because the whole point of why they're doing it is they just want you to take charge and do it right so it is I think it's the most difficult hurdle for women because like you don't really have an understanding of what it feels like you also are probably getting a ton of feedback from the person who wants you to be like emasculating them. Like they're not going to like really stop and like coach you through. And they might have moments where they coach you through, or you might have sober moments where you can, t- or not sober moments. I, like, I often yeah. say sober as like a non-sex moment because it feels very out of like, it feels, you feel not sober. I think in the middle of totally. sex. like the same way you would when you're drinking, like it's like if you're in the middle of sex, the choices you make are not the choices you make when you're sitting on the couch next to your partner. Like, so I do think like having a like out of being able to talk about that out of a bedroom scenario is the most important because once you're in it, that communication feels really hard. Also, I don't think most girls feel hot with a strap on. I really don't. I think getting over the way that you look in that scenario is big because I think like it's really not about you you have to like want to like shed yourself a little bit to please your partner I think it's like the ultimate being like until like maybe you like it like I think most women though I think most run of the mill like the people who like listen to Quinn I feel like are not always going to be like your girls who are like waving their freak flag really hard I think it's probably women who like find themselves somewhere in the middle and I think if you find yourself somewhere in the middle, not crazy, like King culture, like I do think you probably have a moment where you're like really weirded out that this is an ask or this is an interest. And I think that the fact that someone can tell you that that's something they like is already huge. Like most men telling you that they want that feel really comfortable with you. Cause that's a gnarly thing to say that you want as a dude, I think it's harder for them to get over that ask than people think. I mean, I just totally agree with everything you said. And I think one interesting thing is like, I think a lot of people actually feel like kink, like culture, communities or whatever, like kind of make everything so sterile that it's like, like there's a lot of like consent based things. Like it's all like a process and it's, but there's a reason for that, right? Because it's like to bring structure into these into like these like fantasy worlds that can be sort of crazy. And I think like, how do you do that? If you're not, if that doesn't work for you and like, it doesn't work for me. And I know a lot of women who listen to Quinn, it doesn't work for them. Like, how do you bring some element of like, like, is it that you send them an inspiration, like video that, that you want of how you want them to touch you? Or is it like, you just talk about it over dinner when you're a little like buzzed or how do you get like to have these conversations that make it chill and like, like figure out what you both like and I think like your point about not knowing what to do is a big issue for men and women who are in like more like dommy or like dominant slash like taking charge roles in sex because like you want to be 
you want to feel confident like doing the things you're doing to the person, but you don't have their body. So you don't know if it's feeling good. And how do you like, I feel for guys all the time when they're like being dommy with me and they're like trying to like do something. I'm like, uh, that doesn't feel great, but I, I want them to know that I appreciate the vibes and like, I appreciate them trying it's, this, yeah, you know? Because that, and that whole moment where you're like, like, I love your energy. Yeah. That sucks. Like, and you don't <laughs> call them off because like, and I think like, it's sort of the same thing. Number one, like, like as forgiving as we are in the bedroom, I think men are too, like almost more so. Yes. Like you sit there and you think about the amount of times you faked it, the amount of times you said something was great when it wasn't like all of these moments that you're like, this is like, and then you're like, you think it like, A, I think men are more communicative because they don't see it really. Like I do think, and not communicative in like a really intelligent way, but I think in bed, they will tell you more or less like what they're, they want to do next. I also think they are, they are forgiving. Most men, I think who probably edge on the the kinkier side of things know that when they date a girl who has not been there or they know like they're mostly going to date women who they'll have to coach up to that point if they ever even get there I think a lot of the times like myself girlfriends whoever are like but am I enough like am I like if you really want this is this enough like it's the same way that like you'd rather have like a mind-blowing orgasm but you would take like a baby one. Like, and it's like, you like, and I think like men are the same way. Like men would prefer to have like all of like the best sex of their life every time. But a lot of time they might just be having sex, which is like realistically also not bad. (laughs) And like, and and I do think that like, as you get more comfortable in your relationships, like that does become a conversation. But I do think understanding that most people who like require a like kinkier set of vibes understand that they're going to have to get people there. Yes, that's such a good point. It's both people. Like it's not just all of a sudden like, okay, my partner has these requirements. I got to step up to the plate. It's like, no, like they have to take responsibility that that's their, that's their bundle and help you, you know? Right. And it's like, and like the same way, like even like, even like kink light, like girls who like, choking girls who like being like degraded verbally like those things that are not aggressive like in really like one way or the other in terms of like what king can be like even that like if you're like with someone who doesn't do that for you you might leave being like well I wish they choked me and that's like minor scale but you still might like them and hang out with them again and next time you hang out with them you're certainly gonna be like put their your their hand on your throat you know what I mean like you just like you know, like, I think that people are more forgiving in bed than you think. And I, if they're like into tankier things, and I think that if they are not, then they're dating the wrong people. Like, that's not about you. Again, that is about them. Right. Right. And that's like a theme that we've uncovered here is that it's it's about them. Um, But no, I think that that's like, that's really that's really helpful, I think, for a lot of people. And also, I think just go slow in general. It's okay if you have romantic sex for three months before you try anything else because that will make everything else so much more fun and new and exciting. You don't have to, like, get the strap on out on day one. Also, also, I will say there's levels to this shit. Like, you don't have to, like, all of a sudden you turn around and, and they, like, say they want to try something and you're like, oh, my God, like, 
before you panic, yeah. like, why don't you like be like, A, I think if you're dating someone for long enough, you can be like, I don't know, like, if I'm even going to be good at that. Most people are like, you'll be just fine. We'll work it out. And two, like, there's like, you can go shopping together. Like you, you Cute. can like ask them, be like, I love, I love a little group shopping date. Um, but I'm like, you can go shopping together. You can like ask them to send you like inspo yeah like I think like some like there was like and I know that like traditional porn is not for everyone but I will say that there's like there's times where having someone send you what is on their mind or things that they're turned on by like yeah. if they will not everyone wants to but if they will it's like oh you have immediately like the keys to the castle you're like this works perfect like or I can send them a this. Quinn audio and be like these like this is the type of energy I'm looking for the dirty talk I'm looking for whatever I think Quinn audios honestly are underrated forms of being of like how to's because they're not visual and so like if you send like a guy like someone's voice and you're like what he's saying works for me or you send a girl someone's voice and you're like what they're saying like works for me I do think that it's like like if you are sent a video of porn and you're like this is gnarly. Like it feels like a heavy, a heavy like hump to get over. But like just like dirty how I don't look like this. I'm I like, can't. I'm like also. I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? Like it just feels like because like you're thinking about like your partner and you're trying to like match all these things together. And sometimes it's just too many data points to match up. But, like you send someone like an audio, like all of a sudden it's like it's like non-invasive. It's not like they get like that weird preview in their text box. That's like, like some image from Hornhub. Like it's literally just like an audio that's like, Hey, by the way, listen to this. If you have time or like, listen to this on your lunch break, I'm thinking about you. Like, yes, bye. Uh, bye. And also like, it literally gives them the roadmap because they can take phrases that are said and use them. And you're like, Oh, wow fuck they listen to that and like that's so hot like there are right. so and they're many not doing the weird yeah. porn thing that doesn't work because like they will watch these porn videos that actually don't tie into what people are actually doing in bed and like sets a pretty unrealistic expectation for what's going to happen later like if someone sent me like an a, a like video and was like we're doing this later I'd be like what are we doing later like are we doing that like are we sure I'm doing that? But I'm like, but if you send me an audio, I could like, I could fit that into the framework of how you and I exist, you know? Right. Yeah. It, it feels like a much more natural transition to like real life where it's like, right. I'm not going to be able to be like this, I don't know, this girl with the splits and the, the, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't. Certainly not. <laughs> like you will not catch me like double back handspringing onto your body parts. <laughs> don't catch me. Catch me not. <laughs> doing like, a double there's back zero gymnastics. I can't touch my toes, but okay. Okay. Last, last, uh, last question, which came up on our TikTok too. How to handle, I think it's going to be a similar answer to what we just talked about. How to handle masturbation in a relationship. You're living together. Maybe you're spending a lot of time together. Is it whack to whack off with a partner in the house? <laughs> Unbearable. Uh, so I would say, um, I would say that this is what... My ex would probably lovingly call a trap what I'm about to say, but 
a trap. I would say that that's gaslighting. So, like a- <laughs> so like traps though would be me being like, no, I'd be totally fine with it. Like I'm a cool girl. And then you'd be like, yeah, right. And then I would do it and I would be in trouble and I'd be like, potentially. But with this scenario, I feel relatively strongly about this. Um, like I always want to be the first choice if I'm there. If I'm not there, I quite frankly don't care unless we have something like fun planned and then you just can wait. Like that feels like a, like, it's like, you just couldn't wait until like, like we had date night tonight and you just like, were dying during your lunch break. Like relax, like that feels annoying. And I feel like if I was in the house, I do feel like I, but I also feel like if you, if you like present it as an option and I'm not into it, then go do whatever you want. Yeah. I was given the option. Then like go. If like if that's what you want, like certainly go do that. I think that I've run into relationships where like sex feels like it's a requirement a lot of the time and certainly not in all of them. And I've had fantastically like healthy relationships in that regard. But I would say that in the ones that it was not healthy, there was incredible pressure for it to be me all the time. And I was like, I I'm just tired. Like I have a <laughs> I bills do like there was like reasons I just was like I'm I'm not thinking about that and then it and then I felt like I wasn't doing my part and I would say that like I always want to be the first option if I'm present if not and then if I pass it up let go and let God do whatever you need to do I don't want to be a part of it I don't even really care and I think that most men think it's probably wildly offensive and I'm sure that some women would be like really offended to know that their partner is doing that. I think it's the sneakiness more than anything. Like if they like constantly felt like, yeah, if they constantly felt like you weren't providing and they were going and doing it on their own um, and no one was like talking about it. I do think that I would be like, like a little bit, like, is there something that I could be doing more? But as long as I'm like, I'm, I'm also, I do feel I fall on the scale probably more chill about that. Also, I know a bunch of girls who like, maybe for the first four or five months of their relationship, like the guy couldn't make them come. Like, girl, if you aren't masturbating, like in that t- time frame, like you should be. <laughs> Certainly. I'm like the honeymoon stage is for, is for you and them, but it's also for you and you. Like while they figure out like you, yes, I think that I do think like, yeah, but I think when you're, I think the, the weirdness comes from like when you're living with a partner, like how do you then navigate I, I just think that I, I think that I think that it is entirely, it is entirely fine if I'm, if I'm there and I just didn't want to, I think if I walked in on my partner doing that and I was like, just like doing laundry, like, I'd be like, I'm fucking doing laundry and you are doing this. So like, as long as I'm approached first, I'm okay with whatever you want to do. I like that. But I also, (laughs) I also feel like if I'm masturbating and my boyfriend walks in, I want him to start fucking me. Like, I don't want it to be like, (laughs) I don't want him to be like, oh, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I think that's the the wrong, that's not what you want. You don't want the person to be like, oh, shit. (laughs) Mom. There's nothing that is more, I mean, there's a few things, but like the idea of a man like clutching something in front of him, like to hide himself, like when I walk in the room, it literally gives me hives. Like I would much rather you stare me dead in the eyes and be like, 
than for you to like scramble like the male scramble <laughs> the male scram is <laughs> the, the biggest it the biggest dick. Like if you're clutching at things to cover your like guy thigh, I am out. <laughs> but yeah, I do think I just think again that leads to like comfortability though. I yeah. do think if you're like in a place where like you're living with someone, this needs to be like not it's not like first on the list of stuff you talk about, but I do think like a lot of guys are like, oh, like because they think in their heads that women don't do it and guys do it so much that it's so heinous that we wouldn't want to know. Like, I find that most of the men that I talk about are like, oh, my girlfriend would hate that. I'm like, did you ask her though? Like, have you talked about it? Mm. Like, I know that that's like a dicey thing to approach randomly, but I do think like, I think like once a month you should have like a sexual check-in. Like, no, that, I don't. I do, I do not approve that message. You should not call it. A, well, you can have that, but you cannot call it a sexual check-in. That makes me a dry. Well, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it a sexual check. Never in my life I've been like, babe, this week is our sexual check-in. I'm I bringing my like, Excel just, spreadsheet to our sexual check-in. Like, here's like a few. I like. I do think you should be able to like. But this is also how I feel about like dating or relationships. Like I think there should be like a safe space blocked out where you guys can just like chat about like anything. Mm. I think that those happen probably naturally. There's been relationships where I didn't need those, but in relationships where like this is stuff you want to breach and you don't know how to talk about it. I also feel like springing it on someone is like not the way to get the job done. Mm. I feel like you want to be like being like, hey, this might seem weird, but this is like something I want to talk about. Can we talk about it this week or do you want to talk about it now? Like that feels like a good way to sort of approach these things because I think a lot of people, a lot of people aren't asking their partners how they feel about this. Like a lot of people are asking people if they're like good, if everything's good, if there's something they wish they would like try. And I don't think it needs to be that sterile, but I do think that conversation, if you're living with someone has to happen, because I think this is a point where like a lot of people, because the understanding of sex between men and women are so different. I think that people avoid it entirely. They think they know what the other person's thinking. So they're like, I'm not even bringing it up. Like you might not. Yes, that is so true. And also it's like in every relationship, no matter how close you are, no matter how much best friends like lovers so tight, like there are things that go unsaid that you both feel in the relationship that you need a space to talk about. And it's like you can't it's like and, you know, it's the things that like you make little jokes about, but they're like kind of serious and it's like and it builds and like you do need time to be like, okay, like we are both going to be our grown up selves and like try and figure this out because it's bugging both of us clearly, you know, Um, I think that's really good advice. Um, And it's and it's okay to call it your sexual check in if you really want. (laughs) I mean, I've certainly never had one in my life. (laughs) I know we're like really the last people that should be giving advice, but it's okay. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I don't want to talk about like anything about me personally. And then I'm like, here's all the examples in my personal life where this has gone awry. The thing is though, is I feel like I'm better at giving advice and taking it. Like if I'm like relatively self-aware and I know when things are like, I know when things are off, I know what I should do. And I just will literally be like, I know I should do that, but I'm going to just literally wave as it goes by and then just like skirt around it. But I love giving advice to others. So I'm like, 
do as I say, not as I do. No, a hundred percent. And like, it's also like, yeah, like that's not fun. Like you tweeted or no, someone tweeted taking the high road isn't fun. And it's so true. Like, I know, listen, it's not, (laughs) it's not the fact, it's not that I don't understand. It's that I'm choosing to be irresponsible and act like this. Well, it's also like that belief that like, and I've noticed this now in the reverse when I'm dating is like, everyone thinks that they are the person that's going to change everything. And that's not like a new concept, (laughs) but you're like, you're really like, but you're really like, oh, but they haven't met me yet. Or like, but you don't know our situation. And to be honest, like even in the relationships that I like hold on to that, I think like beyond all reason will work because like, we are different at the end of the day, like, like people give advice for a reason because they've been through it. And if people are telling you that something's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. It's not because you're different. And it doesn't mean that like something's wrong with you or them or whatever. But I just think that like, it's why like people are so good at giving advice and not taking it or like knowing the high road and not taking it. It's because like you can't help but apply your own bias. And like, I will apply my own bias all day long. I sit here all day long and I'm like, this is why this should work. No, it should not work. It's literally insane, but yeah. But yeah, and it's like, I almost wish that now when I went to my friends for advice, they would just be like, you fucking know. You know what we're going to say. You know exactly what you're doing. Just do it if you're going to do it and stop bothering us about this because it's like, it's the same thing over and over again. My, my friend, my friend, Robbie is actually fantastic and he's very emotionally intelligent. He's a musician. So he's like, got that already, but he's like his, his thing, whenever I was upset was, he was like, do you want a venting brain or do you want a solutions brain? Like an advice brain. And I'm like, that's so important because like, and I would run into this trouble with like people I was dating a lot and even friends where like everyone thinks you want advice. Everyone thinks you're coming to them because you want them to solve the problem. And sometimes you just need them to listen to you, bitch. And like, you know the solution. And so I would be frustrated when like, like my ex would be frustrated because he couldn't give me the answer I was seeking when I was like frustrated about X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I'm not looking. I certainly think I know how to solve the problem better than you. I'm closer to it. I don't want you to solve it. I just that want you to kiss so me on the forehead. Real. That is so like, real. Just, and I think every like, woman has fucking forehead. experienced that. Yes. It's like men want to fix it. And you're like, shut the fuck up. I know how to fix it. I need a little bit of a cuddle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like you have a third grade reading level, but you know, every single running back on XYZ team, I'm certainly not coming to you to talk about my work struggles. I just want you to like hug me and kiss me on the forehead and tell me that it'll be fine. And tell me that I'm the best ever. <laughs> right. And right. Tell me that I'm the best. Tell me that the problem's not about me. Like yeah, I exactly. certainly don't want you to look at me and be like, well, where's your part in this? Like, brother, I am not looking for that. Feedback. That's a classic right. one. Like, like, well, calm down. Like maybe like there's something you can do to, you know, like turn this. It's like, uh, it's her fault. I and mean, you know it. <laughs> And it's like, I was not looking for a clear headed third party. I'm looking at you to be like, bitch, we are, we ride at dawn. We hate them. I'm like, that's all I'm looking for. And I know it's great to have a partner who like, and that's why I love what like Robbie does so much is because like when he does that, he immediately knows which setting to go into because like 
he doesn't know when I approach him with things. And so like now when I do that, I'm like, I just need a venting brain. And then he's like, that sucks. And I get exactly what I need. But most men, when you come to them with problems, most friends, when you come to them with problems, they want to be the person that gives you that golden nugget that changes everything. And I'm like, I know already what I need to do. I'm telling you because I want you to be like, but you're my favorite. I'm like, exactly. a nose <laughs> and I'm like, and then that's it. That is so true. That is so fucking true. Everyone thinks they've like, in the 15 seconds that they've heard about your problem, they have been, they have gotten a divine insight from God that is they need to right. bestow upon you. It's so like, fucked I up. Haven't stayed up. Like I haven't stayed up till 4 a.m. Yeah. thinking about XYZ solution. Like I've thought about it. I just now yes. am bringing it to someone else so I can feel better. But I also think like this goes back to that theory that like, and I think it goes back to the like men and women dichotomy is like, and even like friends, relationships, whatever, like everyone thinks that they know what someone needs from them, their reaction, like, and realistically, we know nothing. So like every conversation we have, whether it's about sex, dating, work, whatever it is, like, I think communicating what you need from the person you're talking to is so important. Like, I think a lot of times the issues I've had in relationships is because the person I'm talking to does not thinks they know what I'm asking for and then they don't provide it. And then I walk away being like, they don't know me at all. And it's yeah. like, you didn't tell them. <laughs> right. No, but yeah. Yes. That really made me start thinking. Cause I think like we all, all like play all these games and yeah, they're fun. Like they're exciting and, and romantic and whatever, but like, are you giving people the opportunity to be what you need? You know what I mean? Like, right. are you, is this actually in service of like what you need and, and your goals is like an important, and like you need to, some people just need a little bit of clarity on like what you're actually looking like, for. Give, <laughs> I think giving people the roadmap yes. from sex, dating, whatever it is, like you cannot over communicate the roadmap. And if someone thinks you are, they are not the person you should be talking to. Like, however that looks. And if I really like someone and they were like, here are the three things I need to be happy, I would be like, fuck yes. Okay, I know now. I can do it. Like, I got this. Me like, that too. would be so exciting. <laughs> I'm literally like, I'm like, don't make me guess. Like, as much yes. as like, I find that sort of like an enthralling part of dating, like more than anything, especially at this stage in my life, like I just want relationships to work. Mm. And I don't want them to be work. Yes. And I know that they are, but like, if you just simply tell me what you require more often than not, I can provide that. Mm. But tell me. Wow. We'll dive in. <laughs> this started, this started with pegging. <laughs> and now um, here we are. And the, the male scram, which is never going to leave me. And it's a great, it's a, it's a great thing the for ultimate an ick. Ick. Yeah, the ultimate ick. Um, thank you for joining us all the way from Cabo. Um, is there, where can our listeners find you? They can find you on our TikTok at TriQuinn. Oh, they certainly can. I'm like TriQuinn, all handles, um, mostly TikTok. Um, yeah. And then I'm on, I'm on my own stuff everywhere else. Just Dev Machete. It's like Machete with two T's. <laughs> Well, we love you, Devin. See you soon, hopefully, on the Quinn Show. Okay, you bye. <laughs>